Welcome to Ms. Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a show about all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. Oh, hi, Outlaws. It's Monday. It's nearly noon. You could hear from my delightful voice that I'm still somewhat plugged up and I spent part of my night hacking and the other part of it dreaming about variously disturbing forms of toilettes. So it was joyous. Uh, It's minus 14, I believe, here. It's snowing little bits of crystals. And uh, when I woke up and I was super uh, fuzzy-brained, and I did my usual reading for a period of time while drinking vats of black coffee. And within an hour or so, I got some of my cells back. And I ended up writing this draft of a piece called The Anachronist about why do we still have bloody daylight savings? Uh, it's funny how that hour impacts on you, but also I just came back from Vancouver. So I was an hour earlier in Vancouver and now it's an hour later here. And you'd think of after all those years of working in film, uh, where every single week my circadian rhythms were messed up from starting at say five or 6 AM, sometimes on Monday to finishing at like eight o'clock in the morning, sometimes on Saturday, I would be used to that by now, but in fact, it might be the opposite. It might be that um, I just can't hack it anymore. I'm just like, no, no, I'm done with all this muckery, and I really like to go to bed around 10 and wake up around, you know, 6, and that makes me happy. So to hell with all these weirdo shifts. But the poem goes like this. Daylight savings is like saying, bless you after a sneeze both relics of a past age when there was more wheat and demons were feared. Now that push, not a leap, just makes me weary, tired, scrambling to snatch 60 minutes of imagined productivity. My nostalgia coffee maker clicks and dings. Why don't we keep handwriting instead or well-constructed Tupperware or pay equivalent to the costs of life? Let us sneeze, become pagan once more, and time be less ruled by human control. The harvests will still be gathered up, and love and death reign. Yes, indeedly do. Well, uh, today we have an entrances again. Yes, we have another month, basically, of entrances before uh, the seventh season, season seven, ends. I think this is maybe going to be my my longest season after the first season, which was over 80 episodes. Uh, Yeah, so this is exciting. Uh, We have Kate Rogers today. Uh, Kate and I met once, I believe. My memory, yes, is a bit messy with all the stuff I've done over the years. But I think we met at a league AGM years ago. Um, I, I have this vague memory that she might have done a workshop that I was giving in Toronto, but that could also be confused. At any rate, Kate Rogers, she's bubbly, she's lively. She's uh, traveled all around the world. She writes fascinating poetry. 
And her next poetry collection, The Meaning of Leaving, is forthcoming with Montreal-based publisher Ace of Swords in early 2024. Her poems have recently appeared in Subterrain, The Windsor Review, and Looking Back at Hong Kong. Kate's reviews have appeared in The Goose, Rice Paper Arc, and Prism International. Yay, another poet who writes reviews. Super duper. Kate repatriated to Canada in late 2019 after teaching language through literature, cultural studies, media studies, and academic English in mainland China and Hong Kong for more than 20 years, which is mind-blowing to me imagining living away from Canada for that long. So that's her bio, and I'll give you a little intro to what she's going to chat about. Her chat is slow and meditative. She says a lot of her poetry is influenced by place because she lived in China for over 20 years. She's uh, fascinated by the poetry of witness that examines assumptions. She lists a lot of Chinese poets she admires, including the renowned Bei Dao, and Canadian poets also including Don Coles and Don Mackay. Uh, she's interested in Hong Kong's history of conflict, has participated in um, political acts of opposition between 2014 2019. She talks about some of the forms she used, mostly free verse, but also glosses and sestinas. And she says, again, her her new collection is The Meaning of Leaving. And I was thinking, yeah, my collection, uh, Moving to Delilah, is also out in early 2024. And she's living in Coburg now, and I'm reading there May 16th. So maybe we can read together and, you know, have a deeper chat. And she reads a poem at the end called Derek's Fist on detaching from an abusive marriage and it's set in Taiwan so outlaws word musicians I want you to enjoy this entrances with Kate Rogers Owen, whose podcast I'm featured on today, for inviting me um, to talk about my influences, the forms I prefer to write in, my intentions in writing poetry, my poetics. Um, I would say one of the most significant influences on my writing uh, is place. So my last collection, uh, which came out in 2017, um, was entitled Out of Place, and it was set in Hong Kong and Ontario. And uh, that reflects how influenced by place I have been as a poet, as a person, I would say that um, living overseas, which I did for just over 20 years in mainland China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan, uh, has had an incredible impact on how I write, what I choose to write about, um, has confirmed my interest in writing poetry of witness which I'll come back to uh, a little bit later. Uh, And 
also taught me to examine my own assumptions about my culture and the cultures that I've encountered while living overseas about communication and um, about my responsibility as a writer, as a poet, and as an educator. And I was based first in mainland China, where I went to teach with the Centennial College uh, China program um, in 1998. And um, then I eventually ended up in Hong Kong, um, had a two-year period in Taiwan and returned to Hong Kong where I taught at City University of Hong Kong for 15 years. And during that time, um, I was very influenced. I was writing a lot of poetry, uh, but I was very influenced by local poets, uh, Tammy Ho Lai Ming, who founded and um, edited for many years Cha, an Asian literary journal, and is uh, currently the English language editor for Voice and Verse. And I really uh, enjoyed her poetry, and she held many um, panel poetry discussions where um, a wide selection of poets from around the world, and as well as from Hong Kong, um, shared our work and uh, talked about the same kinds of things that I'm talking about today for this podcast. Um, another couple of poets who really influenced my poetics uh, were uh, Eddie Tay, who teaches at Chinese University of Hong Kong. Tammy Ho teaches at Baptist University. And uh, they both teach literature. They're both poets. Um, and uh, also um, the dissident Chinese poet Bei Dao, who was based in Hong Kong around the time that I first moved there. And Bei Dao in particular um, really impressed me with his ability to write about very difficult political uh, topics while using metaphor and imagery in a surreal way. So he didn't risk uh, as much perhaps by writing in that style, but it took um, tremendous skill for him to express his emotions and his loss um, in a surrealistic style. So um, among the Canadian poets who've influenced me, and there are many, many since I've been writing poetry for 40 years, so I, this is just a selection, the Canadian poets who I've been influenced by are Lorna Crozier, um, Don Coles, Libby Shire, uh, Don Coles and Libby Shire um, were teaching at York University when I did an honors year there in literature. Um, John Wall Barker, who has been my editor for many years and my friend, 
and um, Don Mackay, who I very uh, fortunately got to hear in Coburg, Ontario, where I'm based quite recently. He was uh, reading um, poems for the earth um, along with the Iris Trio, and uh, I loved the optimism and the celebration of the planet and the natural environment, um, which shone through his, his poems at that performance. Um, I write a lot about nature and climate change, and I write a lot about loss. Um, and as I said at the beginning, I learned to write poetry of witness while I was living in Hong Kong. Um, I took part in the protests, especially from about 2014 until 2019 when I left, but also sporadically before that because in the early 2000s it uh, became increasingly clear that um, Hong Kong was not going to get the universal suffrage which had been promised when um, Hong Kong was handed back to China in 1997. So while I was there, I learned to really love Hong Kong and its incredible cultural vitality, its energy as a city. And many people have said this, but it's still a valid um, perception. It's Hong Kong's role as a gateway between the East and the West. Um, I learned so much there uh, about poetry, about life, about dissent. Um, so all of those influences have had a big impact on how I communicate through poetry. My intentions are to explore, to discover, to um, communicate and make connections. And the forms I've, I used mostly have been free verse and occasionally glosses. Um, I just recently listened to Lynn Tate's podcast uh, and uh, she said she's um, been working on that and I'm still working on glosses too, but um, I really like them, um, especially because they are a conversation between um, the poet and other poets. And I have one in particular influenced by um, a stanza from Bei Dao, uh, the poet I've mentioned a bit earlier, who is a dissident poet. And it's uh, the title poem of my new collection, The Meaning of Leaving. Um, so I like I like that kind of conversation with another poet, which is possible in a glossa. I've also liked writing sestinas, but I don't have any in the forthcoming collection, The Meaning of Leaving. And that will be out in early 2024 with Ace of Swords Press out of Montreal. Um, so 
poetry of witness has become a very important um, way of writing for me because of witnessing um, civil unrest, um, violence, uh, loss of freedoms in Hong Kong, whether it was in the classroom or on the streets, but also because I have um, witnessed um, abuse, I've experienced it firsthand, and that is the other meaning of the title of my book, uh, The Meaning of Leaving, because um, I lived in and left a, an abusive relationship, which I was in while I was based in Asia. I was married to uh, that man for uh, just over five years, and uh, he died during the pandemic, and I thought I had put what I had been through with him behind me, but I was wrong, and his brother wrote to me, and it uh, that communication set off a whole series of um, memories and uh, reflections which are um, expressed in the poems in the first section of my book, um, The Meaning of Leaving. So I'm going to read um, a poem from that section in my book, and uh, it is set in Taiwan, where I think I've already mentioned I was based briefly. My ex-husband was um, a railway engineer and working on the high-speed rail link across Taiwan. And uh, it was a beautiful place to live and a terrible place to live. So this poem is entitled, Derek's Fist. Derek's Fist in the Orbit of My Right Eye. Molar fractured. We were in a jeep on a mountain road, married. Mist gauzed the trails. Later, I tripped over a tree root, yelped. No pheasants bustled past for him to note in his fucking Twitcher's book. After dark, the bruise spread. I stood before the bathroom mirror. Stupid girl. For one week, I left the lights off. He entered. I left. I wandered the trails above our house to let evening spread its violet afghan over me. Would strangers think a birthmark? My eye faded yellow. I walked the gravel verge to the market. A woman holding a starfruit, her cheek black and blue, would not meet my eye. In Taichung, Taiwan, where we lived, earthquake emptied houses hung on the edge of the gorge. 
at every intersection of the mountain roads, offerings of snow pears, incense for the earth god. My suitcase in the hall, taxi pulling up. Derek came in from work. His fist, a shadow puppet on the wall. A meteor flaming out as I walked through the door. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians.